I decided to come to you actually because I was going, like I was in trouble within myself. As a teacher, I think you should always learn every day so that you can also support your students the best way as you can. And I was like, like a bit shy about my own voice. I was like, I had some insecurities. I thought, oh, I don't have the statical. I don't know how to do this correctly. Or I, I had so many doubts and I really looked up to you because first you were so clear in communication and in a very gentle, nice way. So I wanted to learn from you because I really needed help to solve a lot of my confidence issues. Welcome to season six of Your Voice Matters podcast, where you will learn about the behind the scenes of the vocal coaching practice, discover unexpected stories from leaders, entrepreneurs and experts, but also fun facts and science. My name is Inês Moura, I'm an executive vocal coach, and I invite you to dive into my world, the world of voice. Today I'm speaking with Jessica Sintra. She helps adults who want to move to Portugal speaking European Portuguese with confidence and effectiveness. She studied art history at the Nova Lisbon University, worked as an art and culture assistant before taking the leap in 2021 and creating her own language learning project named Portuguese Unlocked. On the personal side, she loves to read, watch documentaries and visit new places. One curiosity for those who love sunny places, she's from a small town in Algarve, Silves. Hello, Jessica, and welcome to Your Voice Matters podcast. Hola, Inês. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm Thank good. You. I'm good. I'm so excited to uh, have this conversation with you uh, because you are in the online space. You are teaching uh, people to speak Portuguese, which is uh, with the attention that Portuguese is, uh, Portugal is having right now with so many people wanting to move to Portugal. Um, I, I guess your your business is is booming, right? Yes, uh, it is a good business to be in right now. But also, it's very curious because people are really interested to find out well, what's Portugal. How is it like? How people think the language as well. They are curious as well, even though they say it is quite difficult, especially for English. Uh, speakers, native speakers. Mm -hmm. And what what role uh, voice plays in your line of work in this language learning industry? It's extremely important because I try really to pay attention to my students and everybody has their own way of communicating their own language. So trying to find a way to help them communicate in Portuguese using their own voice, it needs to th you need to think in a holistic matter. It's not just how what you say, the verbs, the conjugations, the nouns, all of those things, but the cultural part is also like the little things of communication that voice allows you to to express. Mm -hmm. um, so it's super important. Yes. Also, it's one one thing that is interesting is that you find your students to find their Portuguese voice, but also you are the vehicle where they are learning from. Uh, in Portuguese. So uh, I remember that when I met you um, a, a few months ago, uh -huh. uh, some months ago, I think maybe yeah. maybe one year ago, I don't remember Almost. exactly. I don't remember. I remember that you were you were uh, doing an, a lot of YouTube videos Is um, from uh, your YouTube channel. And so when when was what what was the moment that made you decide that you you should look for 
vocal coaching for yourself to help yeah. you uh, unblock even more the voice of others? This is an amazing uh, question, by the way, because it's it was I decided to come to you actually because I was going like I was in trouble within myself. As a teacher, I think you should always learn every day so that you can also support your students the best way as you can. And I was like, like a bit shy about my own voice. I was like, I had some insecurities. I thought, oh, I don't have the statical. I don't know how to do this correctly. Or I, I had so many doubts and I really looked up to you because first you are so clear in communication and in a very gentle, nice way. So I wanted to learn from you because I really needed help to solve a lot of my confidence uh, issues. So it was that part personal, but also the desire to help my students. And I think it made me a, a much better teacher. One of the things I originally mentioned to my students, like, look, this is the homework I'm doing, or this is how it was my class. Because for them to see me in, in the place, like it's my own native language, but I have so much still to learn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially also in this part that is overlooked, the communication, the aspect of volume, pitch, uh, like the pauses that you were going to make as well. There's so many things to learn. And I think I needed support in that. Mm -hmm. So you also wanted to be a kind of role model for your students. And look, I'm also learning. I'm also developing myself. Uh, although voice is something that you can improve in any language. So uh, what you were mentioned, the volume, the, the tonality, the pauses, um, you can use in any language that you are speaking. But of course, it will help you also to get your message across in your classes. So I remember when we were working together and all of the homework uh, you were doing during the sessions were how to present your, your subject in a way that mm -hmm. was more uh, clear, memorable, impactful. Um, so you, you said that you had this shyness in your voice. Mm -hmm. And so you also wanted to be a, a model for and inspiring your, uh -huh. your clients to also find their voice. Um, so what did you have any expectation about what is that, you know, vocal coaching, what you would learn? Uh, so what was your uh, idea before having our sessions about what you are going to learn? So that's a very interesting thing. Uh, I was thinking that it was going to be more theoretical. And from day one, you just let me know that, no, we're going to work on this, like very like experimental, like we're going to try to do this error view again, like what we do and just improve from there. And I loved it because it was so hands-on. Um, so my expectations were that it's going to be more theoretical. I was going to learn about this and this, know all the definitions, but I think actually I got like the real experience. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, theory, it's important, but it can also block. I come from the theory, you know, the, it's interesting that you are sharing that, you know, explaining how the voice works. And I think it's interesting at some point to explain a few things. But I, uh, as you experience in the sessions, I like to start from experience. And then if uh, you need some theory about what you are learning, then uh, explain a bit of the theory behind or the concepts that we are uh, working on because I believe I strongly believe that we cannot operate our voice from a theoretical point of view it's it's a product of your body it's um, it's something that you experience every day so starting from analyzing what you already are doing well uh, because also you know yeah, you 
you are not the only one that sometimes feel a bit uh, this um, not uh, unconfidence relating to the voice, but many people don't like the sound of their voice, but they are always looking for the things that are wrong. So they never well, think about the things that are already good. And when you experience and you record yourself, you can also analyze what you are already good at. You don't have to always look for the things that you are missing. I don't know if you had that experience as well. Uh, if you, from listening to your voice, analyzing and starting from that non-theoretical point, but more practical approach, if that gave you confidence to uh, trust your voice even more. Yeah, I think facing it, I think was the best thing for me. I, I do this to my students because I focus a lot on pronunciation in the beginning of my, when anyone starts working with me, beginning is very focused on pronunciation. And I ask them to record themselves and I provide feedback, but to do it to myself was a bit different because it was all my, my own native uh, language. So it even had other things as associated to it for me. <laughs> but it was very good, especially in the beginning, because I was very critical in a way that wasn't that helpful. But then it just got so much better because it was like, oh, I want to know now so that I can improve it. So it became something like really positive for me. Even in now, I think even my sometimes I like to send voice recordings to my friends and students and things like that by WhatsApp, via WhatsApp. And I just recorded and I'm like, I listened again. I'm like, oh, I could do this a little bit better. And I said it really quickly. So, and now I'm not afraid of trying and just seeing it and doing quicker. And I think that's amazing. Mm, yeah, let, let me explore that, the doing things quicker. Because when you plan, imagine doing videos, for example. Mm -hmm. um, just today I have a session with a client that sent me a video. It was our first session. So he sent me a pre, as a pre-work from the first session, mm -hmm. a video. And he said to me that he recorded 15 times before mm. sending that <laughs> that version. I can relate to that. <laughs> and I was like thinking, no, no, I totally relate to that. I Once I made the video, I think more than a hundred times, I don't know, uh, but it was a really stupid to try. Don't try that, you know, after <laughs> seven tries, just stop and go grab a coffee, <laughs> go outside, breathe there. Uh, but um, how, um, in terms of your preparation, because you prepare classes, you have uh -huh. courses, you have videos, um, what was the impact of your of this program on your preparation and how fast if you are faster now and how fast are you now preparing things for your students i'm way faster uh it's just it's just like ha more than half the time most of the time because it's just like okay so how do i want to communicate this is also the structure of the thinking that we worked so much in the beginning mm -hmm. uh, so i'm just like way more strategic at it so and then I also make decisions, okay, this is a good word that I want to emphasize so that the person understands and they keep engaged. And also using humor as a source of keeping people keeping people engaged as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm way faster at it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's one of the things I really like because I feel that we went slow in our session to make sure that we understand and that we can like break it down, understand what can we do better. And then when now that I'm actually just doing it, it's just so fast. So I think I really like that. Sure. I mm -hmm. love our sessions that you provide any feedback on the moment. Like you're just like on the spot, like, okay, improvise. Let's do this. And I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> I would always go a little bit shaky inside. I was like, woohoo. This butterfly effect in the valley. And then. Yeah, and it just... happens when, when a teacher has a teacher. Yeah, yeah. And, 
uh, that you also, I remember, I don't know if I can reveal that, but I remember you Go ahead. jizzing. Oh, Ines, I didn't do my homework this time. Meaning I didn't send you the video, for example. But you were using all the techniques in your classes, in your uh, material. Uh-huh. I think it counts, like, if you use the techniques in your daily life. You don't have to send me a video every time. But, you know, no, but I want to send you a video. I want to make sure that I do all the steps from the program. And I said, you are doing all the steps from the program. Like, the syndrome of, you know, behaving well as a student, I, f- I found that... Uh, funny because it's it's a really a pattern in uh also teachers or facilitators that they want also to be a good student uh completely completely (laughs) it's so much and uh, also i have some students of mine like one of them she just revealed this because we were talking um one of my students she said you know what jessica when i go to sleep sometimes i imagine your voice (laughs) how are you talking (laughs) I thought that was insane. I was like, thank God I passed Rinesh. Thank God. <laughs> she said, oh, it's, it's, it's all so nice and nice and engaging. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Rinesh, good job. We did a good client, job. When your clients dream about your voice, that's a really nice punchline. I think I should use that. <laughs> it's an amazing. It's pretty what? advanced. Yeah, but, and it's very good because it also makes me think that even though I'm using a, sometimes a more simpler speech in the beginning for pure beginners, you need to adapt to the student a little bit. Um, it's good to know that they are getting the rhythm in a way that things are sinking in and they are having pleasure in it. Mm-hmm. So it's really important, to the, the voice aspect, because mm-hmm. it can bring more pleasure than being a tedious uh, thing to learn a language. Absolutely, absolutely. You can really have the same subject and presenting in different ways and definitely one can be more engaging, much more engaging than the other. Uh, so also applying the the humor, as you were saying, uh, which is something that I don't recommend to someone who, who normally don't use humor, try to use it. But in your case, you are such a, um, you know, positive person, so, such, you know, with all this good energy, like it's only natural that you use in your voice authentically your uh, this humor part uh, in your communication and make it light as well and make it make it uh, as a pleasure for the your students to listen to so it's it's congruence it's authenticity it's your style your of speaking which i also believe that that there isn't any this is the teacher's style oh mm. everyone should talk like this you know that's completely a uh a, a myth like oh i what? should be presenting this this way we, I'm glad that you found your within your style, and also you you are having pleasure to experimenting things. But also your students are also having a good experience listening by listening to you. Um, let me ask you. I remember when we were working together that you were making small experiments during your uh, your program your process. So, can you share like some things that you tested and you? if you have seen like immediately a result or something that surprised you when you put in practice, because it's important not only to learn, but also to practice every day. Right. Uh, so tell me if you remember, if you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have one right off the bat. I have one. Um, I I was really into two things. The things that I found that I was struggling the most to use, but then I got like a bit addicted to it. Like first, was I would say maybe three. So one was the pauses, like allowing to have space for silence. So that was one. 
and I had actually one of my classes. I, I started, I do boost camps. Okay. From time to time, I do boost camps. Usually it's by a uh, semester. And I started this new boost camp back in March and March 2023. And one of my students, I, I remember we were in the session and I took a, I was just explaining what's my methodology, what do I believe, what's the style. And I made a pause, a big one. And my students were like, we did a positive way like what is she what she's going to say next and then i said it and then they were like oh okay but i saw the excitement they were there they were so much in the present moment listening and i remember oh this is a great technique and i use it sometimes with my boyfriend <laughs> i'm like oh let's make this some more engaging is he here um another thing that i love doing it that we worked is dividing by syllables some words are good for that for example important important this doesn't work so well but it's something that i try to use especially for language learning i actually realized that using that a couple of times during a session for example is really helpful the student captures more the sounds but also it feels that there's a break in the, um, the rhythm. So it feels more like we are in a wave, you know, like sometimes she speaks faster, sometimes she's slowing down. And this is much better for language learning, I'm noticing. Another one, which would be the last one, which was lowering my volume. Sometimes I can go really high da, 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 and faster and high, but I realize that now I can slow down a bit and that's completely okay, but also lower the voice a bit. <laughs> yes. Like yes. It's taking your your students in a in a roller coaster, but in a good way. Oh, yeah, it's a, a story. Way. It's a story. Your mm. your the way you use your voice as well will tell a story. A story. If everything is like, da, 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 then it's like it's all climax. It wouldn't be fun and not engaging as well. That's so true. Yeah, exactly. It's telling a story. Uh, what are um, when when you are we are reading and sticking that analogy when we are reading a story? There's the clim climax exactly as you said. <laughs> But also there are parts where just context, you know, uh, and mm -hmm. they don't need to be as exciting as other parts. And one of the problems that I see in many speakers, uh, even professional ones, is that they think that everyone, everything must be exciting for them to, to grab the attention. And it's ex uh, exactly the opposite. So you you shouldn't try to be exciting, you know, the three, five minutes, ten minutes of your talk or one hour of, of your class, but you have to be selective on the things that you should highlight what are the parts of the story where it's the juicy parts. And that juicy part, mm -hmm. uh, what studies say is um, by listening and understanding our brain works, is people will retain about 25 to 30% of what you say in a class, in a speech, in a meeting. So when you know this uh, statistic, you know that I have to choose beforehand, if I have time, what are the 30% of my talk, my meeting, my presentation that I really want people to take away with them. And from there, I will then use my voice to highlight those parts to create a contrast and for people to understand that at least that part, they should take a, pay attention. So in your example, using that strategic pause when you were uh, saying what your brand stands for, what is your methodology. So it's something that you probably wanted people to retain. Yes. And so that was a strategic use of a pause, because if you do a pause in where in a place where it isn't strategic, people will just not, it will not have the, the impact that could be, could have. Uh -huh. 
Exactly. It's to, about using it strategically. Sometimes you, I will choose just, there's a, like, I will make, uh, like in my notes, I will choose like this thing I for sure want to people to retain because it's important. If, if everything is important, then nothing is important. So we need to make decisions on what's important. Mm -hmm. And what, what is, if uh, you can, and because of this uh, season is also the behind the scenes, how do you now um, have considered the voice as part of your preparation? So do you take notes where, you know, some parts that you want to highlight, some specific words? Um, so reveal, if you can, <laughs> a little bit of your process, because I think people can wonder, how can you then use this all these tools? You know, how can uh -huh. you do it faster in your daily life. So reveal, if you can, a little bit of your methodology and where does the voice enters in that preparation? Okay, that's that's a good approach. Uh, so one thing that I like to do, I like to make language in my classes, at least when I'm presenting something, I like to make it uh, very relatable and um, easy to understand. So I don't usually start with grammar. I would start more like an example, doing like a, a scene or something. And for that, I will write down what would be the most effective way. Then from there, I will explain like if it's specific grammar points or something I will explain, but I will not like focus so much on that. And so because I'm like using just one page, I'm just like, what's the topic? How do I want to communicate it? Um, what, where can my students, uh, my students struggle with? Uh, what's going to be easy to understand? And then I will make a decision then like, okay, this, I want to do a pause around here, or there's a like keywords as well. These are the keywords that I can either do that simple syllable division, or I can make a pause between it, or maybe lower my val volume and then go high again, because I want them uh. to understand uh, the difference between something. Mm -hmm. So that's how we do it a little bit. Usually mm -hmm. I just keep one page, try to organize very well what I want to say. If it sounds confusing, then I just redo it and make it a little bit better. But mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's my system. Yeah, great. So you can really put places where you, you will mark the pauses. Mm -hmm. um, it's like um, uh, in music, you know, you have, you you read the music and you read oh, yeah. how you are going to say it. I remember, for example, having a color. So there's different ways to do it. You can use like in your preparation, if you are doing it in your computer, you can put some words in bold or in caps lock if it's just for you, for your notes, or mm -hmm. you can create pause, um, like even the, the the signal of a pause, you know, to uh, standing, uh, uh, I don't remember, yeah, the, the symbol of a pause, you know, you can use it also in okay. your, of your speech. Um, what else? You can use colors, you can highlight, like yellow is volume and pink is tonality, or... Uh, this is articulation at green and blue in another color. So you can also use a system of um, of colors. And uh -huh. even, I think we also worked on the emotions by the uh, end of yes. the program. You can also put emojis uh, to, you know, in this part, you know, happy face, so you happy emoji. And the other part, you are probably more concerned or, and then you can also use emojis to, in your script. Uh -huh. um, I don't recommend a lot of them because otherwise the audience can be confused uh, but it's it's also a system that some people use so you have and every everything in one page so it doesn't need to be complicated then yeah i just try to make what's the easiest way and it's more like the ideas between it's a mix between bullet points and keywords 
and I find that works for me. Another thing is you know, when I'm actually have a presentation and I'm using the presentation, um, I one thing that one thing that I do is I do color code it, not by co different colors because then it would be too populated with colors. I find it so I just do tones, different tones. For example, maybe a a dark green, a lighter like medium green, and then a lighter green. I also mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> I love the fact that it, this can be creative. You can find out what is the system that works for you. Uh, that's why I also encourage so much people to experiment between sessions and create your own system with the tools that you have. Create what's easy for you. So just to have a comparison, how was your preparation before? Now you have one page with some bullet points and some words <laughs> to highlight. Uh, how, how was before, like one year ago, for example? Okay. One year ago, I would try to um, actually go more like just writing a whole text. Like uh -huh. if it was like a proper like script that I have to memorize and it wasn't working because there's always one or two words that you just forget or it doesn't make sense to put it in the like in a normal organic way of speech. It just doesn't doesn't feel right. So that was a big trouble that I was doing a lot. Uh -huh. So it was also harder for me to detect what was more important to say or to highlight in, with voice. Like uh -huh. how could I use that tool? Like the voice tool to make my message uh, come across. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the thing. I would write too much like script-based and that was very stressful. That's so common. That's so common. Uh, people trying to do the script, writing a text and then memorizing. That's the recipe for uh, failure, for you know your expectations. Like Because the, if you write, especially if you write well, if you write as a text, then when you try to to say it out loud, it doesn't sound any natural. And so you try to you struggle to, to make it uh, as conversational as it could be if it was just written in bullet points. So memorization is something that you, sh you should avoid. So you, one thing is knowing a structure and having your key messages and where, where to start, where to hand, and what uh -huh. are the key aspects in the middle that you should go and take your audience, students uh, through. And the other thing is try to memorize the full text. So if you are listening to this and you are still preparing preparing for presentations or conferences or panels or videos, writing the full text, well, videos can be different if you use teleprompter, but also you mm -hmm. have to know how to use it because you have to write in a way that's easy for you to say and not writing a well-written <laughs> speech, which is terrible for <laughs> then uh, the delivery. But um, yeah, definitely a full text is very stressful. Yeah, I think I even found. for me, actually, it's interesting you saying that because for me, what did the, the click as well is to focus on like being like just kind to myself. Why would I, why put ourselves through something like unnecessary pain or struggle, frustration? Why? Because the especially when we communicate, we're so afraid that our, we're not being understood or that others are not understanding us. So for me, it was very like important to become clear and uncomplicate my life, basically. Complicate, oh. <laughs> uncomplicate things, and uncomplicate, <laughs> uncomplicate. Yes. Um, yeah, I think you were answering to this next question. Is uh, on overall, how does this program? Because you know, doing a vocal coaching program is not that usual. Uh, normally, experts, leaders do it. Um, people that have their own business or they manage a, a big team or they have to present their expertise in front of people. Uh, but how did this program transform your life in, in any aspect? 
So what are you doing differently now? The radically different than before. So you were saying that you are also kinder to yourself when it comes to communicating. What yeah. was the, the big transformation that you felt? For me, I think it was, so there was a moment in the middle of the program that we did that I kind of didn't know what was my voice. There was a moment I was lost. I was, I told you at the time, I was like, look, I'm not who I was, but currently I don't know if this is me. And um, what would be, what would be that? And I think we spoke about it and you were like super kind and super like uh, wise and saying, no, it's okay. This is part of the process. We'll go through this like, like a metaphor, like you, you will change yourself and it's part of the thing. I think right now I'm much more calmer. I'm not afraid of silences, which is a huge thing for me. Like not having to always feel in the silence. So that was like a very, another thing that I noticed in all the communication that I tried to do, either for work <laughs> or relationships as well. So in general, um, I feel more confident as well. I like, but it's a confidence that comes from the core and it doesn't feel that it's so much by we do these tricks and they'll in these tips and it's going to work. I don't feel it like that. It feels like more like I know I can always come back to this place and and be in the present and decide how I want to communicate. I think that was the thing. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. You are. Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. No, it's it's a confidence that it doesn't come with tricks. And exactly. Um, and if you if you see um I I kind of, in my methodology, I don't like, I mean, there are tricks and there are fast ways to do that. And I use that in the sessions, but sometimes when you get a strategy out of context or just a tip that promises a quick change, as normally, I know, I don't know if you had this idea, like warming up your voice, do these tricks and that will change your voice. Yeah, but it change until when and how. So it's something that is permanent or just a quick result, a quick, a quick fix, but then there isn't actually a transformation. And what I believe and what I like to provide is to my clients is this experience of a transformation that you become more yourself. It's not becoming someone else, it's becoming more of who you are and exploring and delving into the the potential of your voice that is there, but it's again unlocked. So it's unlocking the learning of the use of your voice, not trying to sound as someone else or sound as your role role (laughs) model or this leader on television but uh, it's really exploring what is your potential and do it in a creative way i really (laughs) believe that it has to be fun it has to be light it has to be smooth uh, not putting too much pressure and should sound like this do this (laughs) exercise even doing an exercise in a wrong way can be a a discovery like okay i i experimented on an exercise and then i did it wrong but that's wrong led me to something interesting and that is part of the process. And I think it's uh, very liberating to find uh, our voice. I think that's an amazing thing. It's one of the reasons I chose to work with you is we are going through this process. I'm not alone in it. And yeah, we're going to figure this out and get the results you want. But it's not a quick fix. We're going to really try to go through through transformation. While in the end, I'm going to feel more confident. I'm going to be able to deliver my speeches in a much better way, my classes, and I'm just going to have more fun with my voice because that's so important. Like having fun with your voice instead of being like afraid of it. Oh, and do my pitch is too high or I speak too fast. All of these things are good things, but they just need to be balanced up 
And I think that's when one of the, one of the things that you taught me. One of the, I would love to share that in the beginning, when you start working together, you actually didn't say what was my type. You didn't say like, oh, you're this and you're that, like you go, you speak fast or you do this. You didn't put me in that box, which in the beginning I was like, oh, why is she not putting me in this box? And actually in the end, I enjoyed it so much more because you didn't put me in the box. We started working the things that you had organized and that actually allowed myself to be more creative instead of like, I'm looking to be not this or not that or to be this or that. It was, I think, a more, much more holistical approach to it. So I was really good. at. I'm really glad to know that uh, because uh, it's what I believe. We don't have to be in a box. Um, we are so much more than that. Completely. So Jessica, tell us about where people can find you. As I said, you, you probably have a, an audience that can also one day want to move to Portugal. Why not? And speak uh, Portuguese. So I know that you have boot camps, you have online courses. Tell us a bit more about that and where can people find you and your, your work online. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, I do most of my work online. Uh, I love meeting my students in person as well. It's a different uh, experience. Uh, people can find me on YouTube. I haven't been there in a bit, in a while, because I was going through this transformation with you. You can, they can find me there a little bit. You can get a little bit of my personality as well and see how I teach. So that could be a nice place to begin with. Um, native Portuguese. Uh, it's still Native Portuguese because I changed the name of the company. Now is Portuguese Unlocked. You can look me up there. Jessica Sintra, like Sintra, that beautiful city close to Lisbon. That's the clue. Jessica Sintra. <laughs> um, oh, you can find me on Instagram or just my website as well or Facebook. You will see a lot of testimonials of people that have worked with me. So, and you can just easily schedule like a quick call or something uh, so that you, you feel you get to ask you all your questions and see if I can fill you in and if you want to go on this journey to actually like embrace Portugal and call Portugal your home or if you just want to actually understand maybe your friends or your girlfriend or family members something like that because everybody has their own reasons to learn Portuguese so I try to embrace as much as many people that want to really connect to the culture and the people that's amazing that's really really uh I really recommend uh I learn a lot from you as well yeah. in terms of how to teach Portuguese to other people, which normally it's the opposite. Like, how do you learn, you know, English or French or something like learning our own language? It was really so fun to think also about our language and mm -hmm. how fun can be to learn from it. Uh, I remember, you know, a lot of things from the sessions like curiosities. And I know that your approach uh, with stories, with a lot of context, mm -hmm. you know, everyday situations where you can apply the Portuguese. So if you are looking for a a Portuguese uh, facilitator, uh, tutor, uh, teacher, Jessica is the person to go to. Jessica, thank you so much for your presence. I enjoyed this conversation a lot. I hope our listeners uh, too. And I'm really happy for your presence here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was great. And again, thank you. I'm very grateful for all that you have done for me. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now, I challenge you to implement right away one tip or strategy coming from this episode. If you want to know more about how to waste your value and prepare to challenges ahead, 
feel free to reach out and book a 30 minutes free call to discuss your goals with me. I would love to hear from you. And finally, always remember, your voice matters. Okay.